This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Everybody and welcome back to the Beyond Growth Podcast. I'm Craig Dunkerley. This is a podcast that will help you create the life that you want through connecting with the right people and getting connected with your money. And I am Claudia Harvey. I'm co-hosting the podcast with Craig. So why is this podcast different? This is episode number two. And I'd just like to remind you that Craig and I are real people. We created real businesses. We had real life challenges. And we're going to share our challenges with you the viewership and the listenership, and just basically share our stories with you. So hopefully you can relate to how you grow business, how you grow life, how you grow your goals, and just connect to what we're saying. We're going to have some great um, guests coming on the board. We're going to talk to each other about our own experiences. And today we're going to talk about the financial pillar. Now this is pillar number one in the pillars of possibility. Do you remember the pillars of possibility, Craig? (laughs) Of course I do. Excellent. The three pillars of possibility are financial growth and support, business understanding and support, and of course, emotional support on surrounding yourselves with the people that really mean and connect and help you with your life. So today we're going to talk about the financial part because everybody likes money. Am I right? Absolutely. Because money is the the foundation of a lot of people's dreams, desires. It's the tool that we think can get them success. Now, last week we talked about what the concept of success, right? Absolutely, we did. Some people think that success is money. Some people think success is fame, et cetera, et cetera. I originally thought success meant money. So I had financial stability growth that changed. And we talked about it in the first podcast. So I would like to turn it over a lot today to talk to Craig about his financial strength, philosophy, ideas, because he is amazing when it comes to money. So stay tuned, everybody, because we're going to be talking about financial strength and philosophy. But if you're watching us on YouTube, I have to say this, subscribe to this channel and hit the notification bell to get updates on the latest videos. So... Craig, I'd like to turn it over to you. First question I basically have for you is how, what is your definition of financial? Like, what does financial mean to you? Oh, it's a good question, Claudia. (laughs) (laughs) I think financial for me really uh, covers the aspects of uh, the income we earn, Mm -hmm. right? And where we earn that income, you know, maybe we're earning it from a job, maybe we're earning it from a business, from investments and what have you. Also the taxes that play into it depending on where we're earning our income, where we could be actually losing I, money to taxes. I hate taxes. <laughs> How many people hate taxes? I hate taxes. Yeah. It's painful, right? 
So, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yes. No problem. Well, it is, taxes are painful and, you know, we can reduce a lot of that pain by being more efficient with our money. So, and that comes from, you know, really getting connected to your money. And for me, it's right from the income to the taxes, to how we're investing. And one of the biggest challenges is that many people are not investing wisely. Okay. So to reiterate, so financial really is a more, it's kind of an overall encompassing word to talk about your financial health. Sure. And many people are probably in a financial unhealth. Most people, yes. They kind of go paycheck to paycheck or month to month. Yes. At the best of times. Absolutely. So let's talk today about how we can try and mitigate that and, and your philosophy and how to do that. Yeah. So how did you initially get to valuing money? Because everybody loves money. Am I right? Everybody? Everybody loves money. Like chime in if you like money. So how did you start valuing um, money. So as, as we touched on in the first podcast a little bit there, you know, my, my dad connected me to money, right? As a young boy, I knew the household finances. I knew what they were paying for their house. I knew what their mortgage was. I knew how much they paid for their cars and the loans that were seriously. on those cars. Seriously. Yeah, they seriously. shared that all. They yep, shared that yep. with My you. dad was very open with us on the finances. Wow. And my dad was a bit of an analytic, just like me. So he liked numbers. So he liked to talk about them and, you know, money is numbers. So right? I just, I just wanted, I just want to delve into this a little bit. So most parents don't talk to kids about money. Right. Right. And it's, why do you think that is? It's, I don't know. It's just a taboo topic uh, around the table. You don't talk about your money. People typically don't talk about their money with their friends and what have you either. Right. And the kids just don't get the experience of understanding money when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, I, I know many kids, teenagers, their first experience, real experience with money is when the bank offers them a credit card. Right. And then they spend. And then they spend. And they don't know how to pay for it. Absolutely. And then they go to mom and dad sometimes. Right. Yep. Or they just stay in debt and right. it gets worse and worse and worse. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember when I, I had a memory from when I was a kid, my parents were entrepreneurs. Yeah. Um, my mom owned hairdressing right. salons. Right. But, and my dad was an entrepreneur and he did tours across Canada for um, people that were coming into Canada. Right. So... I remember the very lean days when we were having hamburger helper and um, craft dinner. And then I had the steak days. And right. I do remember talking to them about the concept of accounts receivable, the bills they had to pay. But I never really actually got into the concept of mortgage and right. cash. And right. I just kind of equated our dinner to the conversation <laughs> and the stress that we were having. Maybe people don't connect to their money because of stress. Yeah. Maybe it's an avoidance. Yeah. Yeah, right. you know, um, money is one of the largest stresses in life and they're one of the largest stresses between spouses as well. So you're, you're probably 100% right, you know, just right. not talking about it makes it easier. And as, yeah. we, as we get into some of the conversation today and people getting connected with their money, it's surprising, extremely surprising how many people don't even know what's going on in their investments. They don't even look at them because they don't understand them. True, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into investments yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. But so... Um, you talked about connecting to money. So let's go right down to the basics. Why right. is it really important to connect to money? You know, people, people need to understand what their money's doing. If you don't understand what it's doing, then you don't know how much you're actually losing. And people are losing a lot. Oh, so people look at their gains that they're getting. They look at their bank account right. and they look at the little interest that they're getting in their bank right. or they look at some of their investments, possibly right. looking at the gains. Yeah. But I don't think people actually look about what losing. No, no. But, you know, it even goes back before then to, to look at your income. And we talked about taxes there, right? How much the taxes are affecting your income. Most people, 
the average person has a job and they pay taxes on their income. Not realizing, or most people do realize, that business owners have a much better tax result typically, right? They pay tax at a much lower rate. Right. And the importance of seeing that how much tax is going out and how you can change that, right. even by starting a small business or something like that, can seriously change how much money is coming back into your pocket. So some people don't want to start a small no, business. No, absolutely. Right? Like yep. some people, they, they like their, their job. They, yep. they like the career path that they might be on. Yep. They like the stability of having a job. Sure. Um, other people, like you said, you know, start small businesses for some tax savings, right. for some write-offs. Um, so what, what, what are like top three things that you should do to connect your money? Well, first off, I would say know how much tax you're, you're paying. Right. Number two, though, is, you know, really get into what your investments are doing. And, and we'll talk about that a, a, a bit today. Because most people don't realize that in their investments, they're probably losing 60 to 70% of the potential gains from their investments. They don't realize that there's a very small fee, some people know it, the MER fee, that is actually taking the lion's share of the potential from their investments. Okay, so you got to explain this a little bit more. So the MER fee. Right. So if I put, let's say, let's be optimistic, I put $100,000 into an investment. Right. What is this MER fee? Okay, so, so let's look at the typical return of the stock market. You know, I know we've gone through some wildness, but over, you know, 40 years, the stock market's returned about 8.6%, mm -hmm. right? And then you have this MER fee, the management expense ratio, that is the fee for the bank, the institution managing your mutual fund for you. Now, when they charge this fee, they charge it on the total value, not on what you gain. So whether you gain or lose, they're still charging this fee. So on your $100,000 investment, that is actually a third, more than a third of what your gains are. So you are losing more than a third every year. Now, if you compound that over 25, 30 years, as most people uh, would do, it is actually taking 60 to 70% of the potential profits. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's small, it seems like a small fee, you know, most time two and a half to 3%, somewhere in there. But there's, there's many articles out there, many talks about it, Warren Buffett, Talked about the uh, MER fees back in 2007 and before actually the crash. put before the crash right. yeah, and put out a challenge to all fund managers that I will invest in a typical index fund and not do any warm buffeting, not do anything with it. Just leave it and no fund manager will beat him. And that challenge went 10 years and he was absolutely right. It, it's proven that the cost of that fee, you can't outperform the stock market. Well, that's. Uh, it's kind of scary yeah. because, you know, we read in the papers how volatile the stock market is, yes. especially in today's yep. times, right? Yep. We had the crash of 2008, 2009, right. start to have some recovery. We're now obviously back into an economic, economic time that's extremely volatile. Right. So people are starting to look at the stock markets and if they haven't dabbled into them, they probably don't even know that some of this volatility would come out in fees. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, most people get their, their statements you know, I, I remember um, uh, one lady that uh, I did an analysis on her um, investments for her, and she actually was very organized. Most people I go into their home when I used to go visit people in their home and look at their investments, they would go look for their investment statements. And quite often they were in a drawer still in the envelopes mm. and we had to open them to look at them right. because 
again, most people, they look at those statements and they really don't understand what's happening there, right? right? They just hope every time that it's gone up a little bit and they're not seeing the back end that they're actually losing. Right. Well, yeah. and I think we are um, traditionally socialized to trust our banks, For sure. put our money into, I mean, we're Canadian, so right. um, registered retirement savings plans, right. um, pension funds, et cetera, right. et cetera. So right. that's, a, you know, traditionally we're, we're yeah. told to do that and it's yeah. stable. The bank is right. stable. Right. And, you know, over the past few years, you know, I've been teaching um, the index funds for a number of years. In the Money Mastery course, I teach index funds, which is what Warren talks about, uh, exchange-traded exchange funds, ETFs, and what have you. And they're very low, they are very low-fee funds that actually don't steal away a lot of the money that you're losing in a typical fund. Okay, so... so. You are an analytic. You're the finance guy. I get it. I'm not. Right. I understand it, but it. To be honest, it actually kind of makes my face hurt when I hear about this. And and I think that there's a lot of people out there that that certainly do want to connect to their money. Yeah. That are more analytical like you. Right. But what about the average person that doesn't know where to go? They don't know what they don't know until right. you hear stuff like this, and right. then they go, "What do I do?" Yeah. What yeah. do you do? Yeah, well, that's that's the exact reason why I put together the Money Mastery course. So it kind of walks people through what they don't know already, how to fix it, and then where they can really build some wealth in their life. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, that's good. So we talked a little bit a second ago about the stock markets mm -hmm. and the volatility about the stock market. So um, what are the stock markets doing today? And, and again, if I was an, if, it, if I was a person that wanted to look at an alternative to what I was doing, would, would I go into stock markets? What do I even have to look for? What are the stock markets even doing right, right now? Right. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, after COVID now, right? After COVID, uh, hit us in, in March and we had seen a large run up in the stock market for the last couple of years. And when I talk stock market, I typically talk Canada, U.S., so we'd seen a large run-up in the market, but then when COVID hit, the market obviously came crashing down, and it came down very fast, mm -hmm. and then started to recover. And there was a lot of question, is it, a, is it actually a recovery? Is it going to keep going up? Is it going to be an L? Is it going to be a V? What kind of recovery is this going to be? Explain that for a second. Like, what does that mean? What does an L mean? So an L basically means it's come down and then just it keeps stays going, down. stays down, right. right? And a V means a v it comes down and bounces back bounces up. Bounces right back like up. Trampoline. Right, Ooh. yeah. And then, and then you can have like a W where it's a little bit wavy as well. So what are you right? seeing since COVID? So COVID kind of hit in Canada right. and the world right. early spring. Right. So we were looking at what right. this was going to look like. So what, what right. have you seen? So we did see, obviously, the market drop, mm -hmm. and then it, ha it has rebounded quite well. Mm -hmm. But there is no rationale why it has rebounded to where it is. There's, there's articles and conversations constantly, constantly since the market started to recover as to why are people investing in this market. It's still heavily overvalued. Uh, anybody who's watched any of my market ups updates knows that I talk a lot about the P.E.-Shiller ratio. And that's a, a ratio that is a comparison between the earnings of companies and what their price is on the stock market. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Okay, back up, back up. So earnings versus what the real value is. Right. Right. right that's right. kind of back down right. to real people so, speak. Right. So okay. price slash earnings ratio to, to do a comparison. Okay. And typically, if stocks are trading at what they're actually worth, uh -huh. they would change trade at about a 15 uh, PE ratio. 
Wait. 15 times. So basically okay. means if they're earning a dollar per share, they're trading at $15 per share. Okay. 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 So the highest the market, actually, if you go back to um, the depression, the highest the market got to on the PE ratio was about 30. Okay. Right. Now, over current times, it spiked when we had the dot com thing, but realistically, it's never gone over 30. We are now at 31. Why? Prior, prior to, well, I'll get to that in a second. Julia, but, <laughs> Sorry. You know, pr prior, once, once things crashed and we started to go up, the P.E. ratio actually started to come down as the stock prices were down. Okay. Right. But the challenge was it looked like stocks were getting cheaper. In fact, they weren't. The earnings part just hadn't occurred yet because companies hadn't reported their earnings. Oh, right. 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 So now as companies have started to report their earnings, you see the P.E. ratio has floated back up to 30 percent. Okay. Or 30, sorry, it's not percent, has floated back up to 30. So that basically means that stocks are trading at twice their value. Huh. And when you really look at the earnings, earnings have suffered, but where are we heading from here? Yeah. It's where a, are we I heading think, from here, right? I think that's the, that's the question everybody wants to know yeah. because it's a completely scary time right now. Right, right. So, and, so and you're, company, you're actually... Company earnings, you know, are expected to continue down. For the most part. And as those earnings come down, it's got to come out of the stock market. Right. So it just, it doesn't make sense why people, in fact, um, just, just uh, last week from, from a, the time of, of us recording this podcast, the tech companies actually took a, quite a hit. The tech companies have obviously been a run-up since COVID because everybody's been going to tech and Zoom and everything like that. Right. So they've had a nice run-up, but some wealthy individuals took some profits off those a few weeks ago. And, and that brings and, and that brings it that down. brought it down. We right. we had a bit of a drop in the market, and definitely in those stocks we had a drop. But the average individual is still buying in, still well, buying in. I'm on Zoom all the time, right? Right. So right. And I think the average person who has never been on Zoom before has right. now at least introduced the concept of Zoom. So right. uh, would it be a good stock to buy? Like, what do you think? Well, you know, I don't give advice on stocks, right. but Zoom is actually trading right now at 500 times earnings as we do this recording. Which means they're 500 times valued higher than they really are. Right. now, Which when, means they could come down to a crashing halt. They could, yes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you, when you look at buying stocks, typically you try to look at, expect, what, what can this stock do in the future that sure. it's not doing right now? So, so as Zoom is trading at 500 times earnings, you know, it's probably got some value in there, some enterprise value that it's going to do very, very well. Sure. But you are buying a stock that is trading at much more than what it's currently worth today. Huh. So people are buying into the long-term value of Zoom. Uh -huh. Is it going to be there? I, I assume Zoom, Zoom will keep going, but, uh -huh. you know, could be another. So when do people uh, could start be another pulling company out? come in that, you know, right. all of a sudden hits it. Who knows? Right. But, and, then, yeah. and if people start pulling out, that means that the stock value starts to uh, yeah, down usually, a little bit. Right? Yeah, usually, right? Yeah. You know, the stock market is supply and demand. The more buyers, the higher the price, the the less buyers, the, the more sellers, the lower the price typically, right? So do you find that the economy right now is a confident economy or is it tentative? And like, what are you seeing? Yeah, well, I, I, I think all of us are very concerned about the economy and where it's, where it's going. There's many people who've lost their jobs. There's a number of companies that have already gone bankrupt or mm -hmm. worried about going into bankrupt. So I believe we'll continue to see a slide in the economy and people spending it, it mm -hmm. has to slow down as we start to lose some of the more of these incomes well i think that's a whole other podcast yeah. talking about really what the economy is doing with the retail what the consumer spending does like that's that's really a, a that's a whole discussion in itself yeah 
So let's let's continue talking about sort of the philosophy of money and riding these economic times that right. we really don't have any control over. Right. Right. Like right. COVID hit and many business suffered. Many businesses did well. Another yep. podcast, another time. Yep. But how does the general person where how do they ride these types of waves? Like how what what's what's your philosophy on that? You know, it's you know, I, I look at um, uh, risk factors as to where you where you're invested. Um, I'm going to talk investments, risk factors. Uh, I see when I see a PE ratio of uh, over 30 that stocks are overvalued, and that to me says there's risk mm. uh, because you're buying into an overvalued market. So that's the first thing. And then as we concern ourselves with the economy dropping, you know, how is that going to affect businesses? If businesses are negative impacted, it's likely to affect their stock price, right? So I see risk in that area. So obviously, you know a heck of a lot about this. <laughs> Where did you start making some of your wealth and how, what's your philosophy on that? And, and has it weathered the storms of the, you know, the recession in 2008, this current economy? So tell us about your experience. Right. So, well, to, to kind of go into that, we kind of got to go back a few years. <laughs> when I was in my 20s, actually. Two uh, years ago, you mean? Yeah, yeah two years ago, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I recognized, and, you know, thanks to my dad, my dad taught me the value of investing in bricks and mortar, right? He always said to me, son, you know, you should, uh, you should look at real estate as you're did investing. He call, did he call you son? Yeah, he did call me he son. He did, okay. <laughs> and Craig, you know, okay. both, son. Yeah. So, you know, when in my, in my purchase of my first house, uh, I actually did that. Uh, I rented out the basement. So I bought a house. I recognize the value of building the house. And I know how difficult it is to buy yeah. housing right now. And we, we can get into that either today or maybe another, another day. But um, I, I knew the value of owning real estate. And I knew the value of generating income from that real estate. So I rented out my basement. So you had a business. I had a business, by an investment out, business, yes. Renting out that basement. Right. So then you were able to have some tax write-offs. Some tax write-offs, yeah. Very early on in business. I actually had businesses when I was a kid, always dibbling in some You're, kind of you business. You were like the newspaper boy. Yeah, the newspaper yeah. boy. I shoveled driveways, you know, all of that That's type good. of stuff. That's good. Good. Yeah. You made money. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I try, you know, I've got three kids. I've tried to instill in that. Right. I think my kids started... Uh, their first jobs when they were probably 14 as right. well. Yep. So it's, it was good. Again, learning the value of money early, right? And then, yeah. you know, they can buy their own right. very, very expensive shoes <laughs> yes, and sneakers. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So, so I, I really looked at that and I had somebody paying my mortgage. Basically, I had a tenant in the basement. Now, not a lot of people want to have a tenant, uh, period, in one of their houses, never mind in their basement. Right. But, you know, I, I, I took the negative of that and made a positive to earn some money. Right. Yeah. And then within within two years, uh, we had purchased two more homes, which were actually duplexes that so we could rent out the top and the bottom. Uh -huh. And we moved into our own home for our family that we no longer had to rent out the basement. So, you know, a little bit of pain for a couple of years, but it really gave a good start okay. to investing in real estate. And so that's residential. Right. So you did residential. Right. Um, again, a lot of people may not have the ability to do that or right. you know the market today the depending on the region that you're in right. again we're in toronto yay right. we the north um we sometimes the value of the real estate's really ridiculous right and yep. it really depends on the economy at times and the sure. and the season etc yeah. and there's different there's different economies in different areas of, sure. the, of the country as well right 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 and there's yep. are there's also and i, I can 
shouldn't say this also for the U.S. Right. There are government grants yep. to assist new home buyers yep. and yep. first-time home buyers, yep. etc. So yep. people really should really delve into that. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's not well all that well known. Right. But um, once yeah. you start a couple of searches, you can you can really find some some things that can help help you. Right. 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 Yeah. So different regions have different values in right. homes and yep. etc. So that's right. residential. Right. So you didn't stay. I know for a fact right. you did not stay in residential right. because people I invested with Craig in commercial. Right. In the first podcast, we talked right. about how I invested right. with you. So right. um, getting connected to money is so, so flippant important right. because the more you get connected to money, the more you have power, Right. really. And yeah. you have choices and yeah. decision-making. Right. And you free up money that you, that you didn't, I freed up money I didn't know I had. Right. So, and then I was able to reinvest in opportunities with you into my business just yeah. on, and I have to say, I've had right. some really nice vacations right. as well. I <laughs> can't wait till vacations open up again, everybody. It'd be very nice. It'd be really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Um, well, thanks, Craig. I mean, I hope everybody listening had some, some insights into what they could possibly do and, um, and grow their money, connect to their money. And again, feel free to connect to us, everybody, bgwealthgroup.com. And we can totally, totally help guide you in any financial direction that you would like to go. Yeah, as well. and subscribe to, to the YouTube channel. Right, yes, right. Yes. Subscribe yeah. to the YouTube channel right there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's good. Yeah. I was supposed to say that part, but I think that's good. Yeah, you know, the podcast, you know, will we'll bring uh, more, more money discussion, yeah. more business discussion. Uh, getting connected in many ways of your life, right? Not just with your mind. Yeah, so right. you and I are both on social media. Right. We're yes. on LinkedIn we and we're on social media, yes. so please feel free to connect with us on social media as well. Right. Yep. Um, you mentioned that uh, we're going to talk about business. So the next week, right. we're going to talk about the second pillar okay. of possibility, which is Excellent. business. Connecting Excellent. to yourself and your environment in business and how right. that can, right. can positively affect right. you. A lot of people go into their business day yep. Yep. thinking it's just... A grunge. And you, you made a point uh, early on in this podcast that not everybody wants a business. No. Right? Even if you don't want a business, I encourage you to, to watch the next episode. Right. Because we will talk about things that relate to business, but they also relate to life. Right? And well, maybe you'll find in some way that you didn't know you were interested in business, but maybe you actually are. Well, and, and business doesn't necessarily mean running your own business. Right. It yeah. means what business that you're surrounding yourself with in right. your job, in your right. career, etc. Right. So it's just right. generally what your goals are right. in that business aspect. So, And then uh, stay tuned for some really great guests that we have come up, up and coming. And uh, we thank you so much for participating and listening to us in the podcast. I think last week's goal, we wanted to have 30 listeners. Right. And I know that we've reached that goal. Woohoo! So we're going to put the goal up. See, I'm all about goals, everybody, right? We're going to put the goal up that we're going to have 90 listeners oh to the podcast. So I think our back end team is going to have to let us know next week and then we can announce what we're doing next, how, how we're progressing. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and watching to our podcast. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. I always enjoy yeah. it. I hope you have as well. Yeah, and you've got some little great tidbits. So I would love for you to like the podcast, subscribe to our channel, even add comments. We really, really want to hear comments because the, your comments will drive our future episodes. And sure. we really, really want to connect to you right. who's listening and helping you with your life to build the wealth that you want. Right. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay tuned next week, and we look forward to helping you build your wealth. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you again.